Welcome to Something Blue, wedding planning with the 21st century bride and groom. My name is Aaron. I'm the bride. My name is Maxwell. I'm the groom. Did you just hit your hand on the wall? I did. Oh <laughs> it was God. embarrassing. I, w- I was like trying to add some physicality to my intro. You don't need to. It's audible. <laughs> like, Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Today marks 511 days until our wedding day. Just a disclaimer. These are our personal opinions and experiences. This is not a commentary on anyone else's choices in their wedding planning process or marriage. You do you, bitch. So let's get into it. Happy National Honesty Day. What? Yeah. So I have this app and it tells me what. You the- lie. <laughs> no. Oh, oh, ha ha. <laughs> what? You lie. I was like, no, I do. It's right here. Like, I'm looking <laughs> at it. <laughs> um, so I have an app that tells me what national day it is every day. I downloaded it like two years ago because like I think I was in like kind of a low place and you and I like started to try and celebrate like just like every little thing. Yeah. And so like I downloaded this app so that like whenever possible I would celebrate the national day. Yeah. I think it started because like we planned something or like there was a party or something, a day I was looking forward to. And then it ended and I was like, wow, what do I have to look forward to next? Mm -hmm. And so we looked at the national day. Yeah. I was like, what's the next holiday? Yeah, exactly. And so then like now I just look at it like every day and be like, okay, like it's just become part of my like routine. So in the spirit of national honesty day, we thought that we would kind of take a break from wedding planning uh, discussions because um, I think a lot of couples tend to get caught up in the logistics of things, the stress of things. And sometimes you forget like the real reason that you're doing all of this, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's to like, you know, celebrate the love of you and your partner. Yeah. So we, um, we want to kind of discuss ways that you can like check in in your relationship, like ways to like really know like that you have like found somebody that you are fully compatible with that's ready. Like, you know, you two are ready for marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we are engaged. Yeah. If you didn't know already, <laughs> we knew this. Um, but before we got engaged, like we were just like two dorks who were like wildly in love and could not wait until we were like at a place where we could share a home and responsibilities and all like the fun and exciting things that come with like finding a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, it's not all the sunshine and the rainbows. Yeah. I'm a smelly man and it's hard to get over. <laughs> no, Don't <laughs> expose yourself like that. The only real thing about you that smells are your sneezes. I don't understand that. It's because you have a CPAP. And so like, I think it's like, like I never, ever, ever notice it until you started using the CPAP. (laughs) So that's why I know that the CPAP is the culprit. Okay. And I mean, I guess you can't smell your sneezes, even though I don't know how coming out of your nose, (laughs) but it's like gotten to the point where like, I absolutely despise when you sneeze. It's like my sinuses now are have like this weird, you it, know. It's it just smells like old, like dusty air. Like that's just like what's being <laughs> circulated through your body, and then it, it's literally like it's so wild. I I have googled so many times if it's a health condition. It's not. Like you're fine. <laughs> WebMD. What smelly sneezes means. But anyway, yeah, it's not all uh, sunshine. Um. But we thought it'd be dis- like fun to discuss some of the moments and like dynamics in a relationship that indicate that you are in a healthy, successful relationship that will grow into a good marriage. 
And even if you are already engaged, it is a great idea to identify signs of health and growth within your relationship. Mm -hmm. And just to reassure you during the stressful times of wedding planning that it's all worth it when you get to be with the one you love. I mean, sometimes we forget, you know, while we're while we're engaged, it it seems to be all about in preparation for the wedding and you kind of lose, you know, you, you you stop dating each other. You forget. Yeah. You know, yeah. People say that about marriage all the time. It's like once you get married, you stop dating. And, yeah, because you have never so many responsibilities. Dating. Yeah, and I think that happens in the in the engagement phase. Yeah. Where it's like that's where it transitions into this busy, busy, busy. Absolutely. You know. And yeah. so th- what we're trying to stress is to make time for that. Make yeah. time for dating, dating one another. Enjoy being engaged. We do. Yeah. Oh man, it's awesome. But it's like a very deliberate choice. We have yes. to act, like actively choose to like stop, enjoy engagement, like go on a little weekend getaway, like mm-hmm. like actively celebrate those little <laughs> like yeah. national days. Um, so question for you. Okay. Does the one exist? Like the concept of the one. Like a soulmate, I guess. I think um I, I don't know if the one exists in the realm of what everybody perceives the one to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, um, you know, there's, what, 7.6 billion people yeah, on the planet, know. you know. So I think there are um, ways that you can tell when someone is perfect for you, you know. And yeah. um, if you believe in fate, if you believe in destiny – Maybe you subscribe to the idea that there is the one. Yeah, I guess it's extremely subjective based on your beliefs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because if you're a very realistic person, then it's hard to wrap your brain around the concept that there can only be one person and they most likely went to the same high school as you. Like, <laughs> yeah, nah. exactly. Um, yeah, I don't think um, I don't think that the one exists like you are meant to be with one person like like not to say I don't believe in monogamy. I fully do. I mean like the person that you end up being with, I don't think is like the singular person you could have ever been with Yeah, and been happy and been successful. You know, yeah. um, there are so many people and like, there are so many people that you just connect with and, and like that stay with you through your whole life in non-romantic ways, yeah. you know? And so like, I mean, I, I have like the ones plural for like, friendships and like you know um i think i mean it's such a hard concept i i don't like saying like once you've found the one like so i think that like when we go through these concepts of like when you identify that you're ready for marriage when you and your partner are ready to like really commit um i don't think that it's like this like one specific person yeah Uh, my friend um she got married um, this wonderful guy, and within a year he had passed away, oh. and so since then she's been remarried, you know, to this great guy. You mm-hmm. know, they have a wonderful, you know, happy life, and so it's not that she, you know, that the the her first husband wasn't the one, right? You know, or the second husband wasn't the one. You know, she's equally, you know, in love with both of them. Yeah, it it just you know time and life happens yeah you know and so that's why i'm i'm kind of like i don't know i don't know about the one 
you know? Yeah. Just because of that. Yeah. Even the concept of like, I have to find my soulmate. Mm -hmm. And also, I just think it's so funny because you think of how many people are in the world and you're really going to call like this man that you met in the fifth grade, your soulmate (laughs) because he sat next to you because your last names are in alphabetical order. (laughs) Like I'm going to go ahead and say no. Like in some cases, I think that like there are people that stand the test of time and people will say like, Oh, those are soulmates because Mm -hmm. they've gone through hell and back. And like, they've just been together forever or they did meet in the fourth grade and they've been together for 50 years. Like Mm -hmm. that stuff does exist, but it didn't happen just because they are those people. It was work and like continuous, like a a continuous effort to stay Mm -hmm. together. There was a study that said that I think like a, a, a certain high percentage, I don't know if it was in the 80s or 90s mm-hmm. percentile, um, of people uh, end up with someone who they knew before they turned 21. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just whether it's whether it's people they went to school with or went to college with or, you know, they, they just grew up knowing, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's a huge percentage of people end up with someone like that. Hot take. I think people came up with the one or soulmate to make themselves feel better about when they didn't. What do you mean? Like, look at the percentage of divorce. At what point did somebody just go, you know what? They just weren't my soulmate. It's not my fault or their fault. They just weren't the one. Yeah. It's like, that's a little bit of a, that's a little you're kind of like taking a cop out on that for me you know like i think it's extremely arbitrary i think that it like romanticizes a lot of things that maybe people shouldn't i think it Mm -hmm. keeps people from exploring traveling even things like you know people don't explore their sexuality they Mm -hmm. don't explore the world they don't because they're like people don't move on yeah you know like you see it in movies all the time they're like oh man she was the one and they're like you broke up with her like 10 years ago get over it right like no man she was the one i've never loved anybody else since that and it's like and people think that's romantic and it's it's not not romantic it's unhealthy yeah yeah absolutely not so we're gonna go ahead and say that we don't think that the one in particular exists but when you do find someone that you love because you i mean you could love so many people right and when you are compatible with them when you share uh all of these different criteria then you're like okay i can spend the rest of my life with you because as we know loving someone is not all that it takes to sustain a marriage oh yeah um so the concept of like getting like being ready for marriage i think it's extremely subjective as are most things, yeah. Yeah, like when they're like, um, you know, I, uh, you're just not ready. You're just not ready. That's fully valid in a lot of situations, yeah. especially when you're talking to young people and things like that. But at the end of the day, the situation is extremely subjective. I don't think anyone's ever ready for anything. Yeah, you know, it's like you're ready enough for for you, things. Yeah, like you, know? you are experienced enough but even then how can you be experienced in marriage if you've not been married yeah exactly or like experienced in relationship that's like when people tell their like young kids oh you're not ready to date because you don't have the experience it's like girl i won't get the experience unless i go yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so um it's like 
it's even though there's no like ready for marriage like criteria it's really great to keep these certain milestones in mind to find ways to navigate through different aspects of life because at the end of the day like you're merging two completely different lives into a cohesive unit and that's like no easy task at all especially when you're like striving to maintain your individuality within this unit Mm mm-hmm it's just like, I mean, there are so many things beyond love, yeah. beyond like that traditional fireworks, sparks, romantic evenings out. Yeah. There are so many other elements to that. You and me become we, but we also remain you and me, you know? Yeah. And that there's, um, I was talking to my therapist about that, and there's there's kind of that balance that you have to, to maintain. There's, mm-hmm. you, you develop kind of a a dual identity you know you have to focus on the the me and Mm -hmm. and how you treat the me and and all of the responsibilities and the upkeep that comes with that and then you also have to you know work on the we and your relationship with the other person and both are equally as important yeah i fully agree okay so Here's like some of the criteria. So what we did when we were looking at this criteria, we looked at a couple different articles. Um, I looked at one from Psychology Today where like this like psych- psychologist was looking at the different dynamics of a relationship. Then I kind of cross-referenced it with some of the like blog posts you see on wedding websites. <laughs> I looked at one from The Knot and one from Wedding Wire. Um, and I looked at these because this is what like a lot of like engaged couples are consuming Mm -hmm. and like soon to be engaged couples and like you know and so I wanted to kind of like look at the structure of those like posts and then kind of like be real about it because I've noticed they're really fluffy like they're really not getting to the meat of like you know like this is a serious issue Um, let's talk about it because they they have to be they have to be you know feel good you know, kind it, of things because yeah. then it's know, a little bit of continue. toxic positivity. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about that mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first criteria, um, is like meeting the family and observing family dynamics of your significant other. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying is before you get married, you should probably meet the other person's family. Yeah. It's probably a little bit of, um, okay. So we'll have, yellow flags orange flags and red flags in like tiers of uh what maybe is deemed like not so great Mm -hmm. um this is a system that obviously many people have used but when i started (laughs) dating max my best friend thomas and i were talking about max because my my good friend he is uh very protective Mm -hmm. of me and was a little worried given all of your baggage, sir. Yeah. And so he was like, orange flag, orange flag. <laughs> he was like, what color flag do we feel this is, Aaron? I was like, um, yellow. And he's like, I don't think this is yellow, Aaron. I think that's a red flag. He said, I think that's a two-year-old red flag right there. <laughs> you pointed at Abby. Uh, we love Abby, but man. Um, so, But Thomas was like, oh, I don't know about Abby. I mean, and that's fully valid. Um, <laughs> so... The family uh, of your significant other should have a level of respect for you and your partner. At the very mm-hmm. least, if the family is involved in your partner's life. Yeah. I think that. Um, it, and then if we're talking chosen family, again, a level of respect, which means that they respect a certain level of privacy. Mm-hmm. They respect a certain level of like maturity. Like I will say like. 
I don't, we don't ever want to slander exes. Uh, however, right. it is a good reference. Um, when I, I had a pretty, pretty serious, how serious can you be for like right out of high school? Uh, I, I was in a long-term <laughs> relationship with, uh, somebody from high school and, um, his mom never really respected my place in his life Uh um and really it boiled down to the fact that she didn't respect him she very much looked at him like an extension of herself Mm -hmm. and it was just a very kind of it was a really toxic and controlling environment i know that that was such a huge point of contention for us in our relationship it caused so many issues because i mean he was 20 21 years old asking if he could go to the movies at 6 p.m and I'm like, there gets to be a point when you need to be respected as an adult. Like he was still living at her house. Like that's yeah. another thing too. If the significant other is still living at home, like then that's a whole dynamic. Like there's just so much that you have to recognize and when observing the family dynamic. Yeah. Um, and then like, there's just so many like red flags you can find when the family's dysfunctional. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I mean, And I know that like going into meeting your family because the last frame of reference I had was that very toxic environment. Mm -hmm. I carried over some of my worries, like assuming that like that That way. Yeah, that's the standard for in-laws, right? That the mother-in-law is always going to be like, get away from my son. This is my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wasn't allowed to go to certain functions or to be at the house at certain days of the week because it was just family time. Yeah, and that's when you're talking about um, having a level of respect for your partner and you, it's also a level of respect for you as a unit. Yeah. You know, like like just being invited to things, mm-hmm. you know, and understanding that, oh, well, this is, you know, their family dynamic now yeah. as it is instead of, you know, just treating them individually. Yeah. I've noticed that you can tell a lot about a family by how they take photos. If you are a significant other in a relationship and you are at a family function, if you are not asked to be in that photo with the family, when mm-hmm. they're like family photo, if you are not included in that, there is not a level of respect or mm-hmm. recognition in your relationship. Now yeah. I understand that there are like lots of cases where it's like when I'm, you know, when I've got a big family, it's like, yeah, sometimes I want pictures of just us. Yeah. But I think that there's a point to be made where it's like extremely and consistently exclusive in that way. Yeah. A- Abby and I don't have to be in every photo of you, your parents and your siblings. You right. know, it's there. There is that family that exists right. prior to us. But we don't go out of our way all the time to be like family photo, just the five of us, you know, like I can't remember the last time that we took a photo, just the five of us, you know, because they consider you guys family. Like, and they would do the same thing. Like, I mean, even if like Abby was biologically related to me, Mm -hmm. she would be in every single photo. And so like they, they operate the same way where it's like, yeah, we're not going to not take photos with you. You know, I don't know. It's just, I, I know that everybody does that to a certain degree. Like sometimes me and my brother and sister just want to take pictures of the three of us. Um, But it's not like consistently exclusive. That's what I'm saying. I recently took a picture of the three of you and I don't think I showed it to you. But all three of you are like sitting on the couch next to each other and it was really cute and really funny. Aww. I'll show it to you later. Was it when they put the burrito around me? 
Like, I got my brother a burrito blanket, and then he tucked all three of us in the burrito. <laughs> Without that context, that sounds yeah, really I funny. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know. I don't know. I think so. Yeah, because, like, I think it was, like, right after, like, Haley, like, was, like, out of the hospital. And, yeah. like, we were all sitting there. Yeah, it was really cute. I'll show you later. And we'll throw it up on the Insta, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> my sister's not going to like that. <laughs> after she has a seizure, she looks fully knocked out my sister after she like has my sister has epilepsy shout out to we want to raise awareness um <laughs> she's gonna be like i can't believe you're talking about this <laughs> um after she has a seizure she fully looks like she is hung over like she is incoherent she babbles she has like short-term memory loss it is truly the best time to talk to her is like yeah. right after <laughs> one time she had a seizure and like i got a phone call being like hey you had a seizure so i called her and she was like hello like just like totally like normal and i was like hey how are you feeling she was like fine why are you calling me i was like you had a seizure and she goes no i don't and then i hear noise in the background I'm like who is that in the background she goes the firefighters <laughs> ma'am <laughs> so yeah it's probably that like something like that um anyway and that's like another <laughs> dynamic is like if you didn't meet my family you wouldn't know like some of the like dynamics uh, mm-hmm. that my family has like there's there have been moments where like we are in the middle of doing something and I will drop whatever we're doing and go to like either my parents' house or the hospital or where, yeah. like, wherever they are because that's just like something that happens in my family. Yeah. Like and that- it's understood. And that's, that's part of like the, like if I were to be, you know, if I weren't supportive yeah. every time that happened, you know, and if I'm, I'm like, Oh my or if God, you weren't another, aware. or yeah, exactly. If you're just, you know, dipping out without telling me where you're going. Yeah. I would think something's wrong, you know? Yeah. But because, you know, I react in a way that is supportive, you know, and, and, you know, I help, Yeah, you know, I'm like understanding to the situation. Exactly. Pathetic of the situation. That is the kind of like dynamic that is, um, I would say ideal, but I would also say required, you know, if you're going to be in a committed relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And just like your family needs to respect you and your partner, there needs to be a level of respect for your family from your partner. Exactly. So it goes both ways. So the next kind of conversation you have to have uh, is about money or career, you know, and and we've mentioned this several times before. Both of us hate talking about money. Can't stand it. Like. I, I don't I don't want to discuss that with anyone. I don't even know. like seeing the transactions happen on Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like seeing them. Um, I've had to have a lot of conversations about money because I had three sources of income and I had oh, yeah, several yeah, yeah. different, you know, uh, people that I had to pay. Yeah. You know, whether it was you know babysitting or renting, and and I had to have those conversations, so I got used to it. But when coming into a relationship with you, the conversation about money was very difficult because, yeah, well, and I came from a, a a relationship where that was a point of contention, and it's actually the literally the number one things uh, thing couples fight about is yeah. money, and we talked about that in our budgets episode. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just it's it's just a hard it's a hard topic, you know. Look at spending habits, mm-hmm. uh, mentality around money, uh, and figure out like a dynamic that works best for you. It took us a while to get to that point. Yeah, because like it, it was so it was such a strange dynamic. Because like Max and I like had a conversation where we were like, "This is our budget, okay, cool." 
Uh, we moved in. Everything was peachy. But then we realized like the upkeep and things. We need to continue to discuss budget. You need to yeah. continue to discuss expenses and like just because there's a fluctuation of things. And for the first couple months that we were moved in together, like it really was um, not only a period of growth for the two of us, but for me specifically, because I had never lived anywhere other than my parents' house. Yeah. And so this was so much responsibility, especially financially, that like I just couldn't quite wrap my head around. Like multiple times I called my mom like in tears and she was like, Aaron, you cannot cry about money or lack thereof. Like yeah. it's just not it's <laughs> never going to work out well for you. Um, and so like there was a lot that I had to get over. And at the same time, like, yeah, you had a lot of baggage around like needing to like feeling like you needed to bring in a source of income yeah. like or a certain amount of money to be considered successful or to yeah. be considered like, you know, worthy of being in the relationship. Exactly. And like I was coming from the place of like, I am just panicked about all of this. <laughs> like and I was so uncomfortable just in general being like, I want to be like this strong independent woman who like can fully take care of herself and like doesn't need any kind of help financial or otherwise but that kind of independence also turned into stubbornness and then it was really hard to discuss like the the dynamic around, well, then, around money because by then you weren't just financially providing for yourself you were yeah. also you also had me and abby to consider yeah and i came from a place where my previous relationship i was bringing in uh, like two thirds of the income mm -hmm. at all times. Yeah. And so coming into this one, um, I know when we moved in together, um, my tuition, my housing allowance didn't come in for a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And we and were like, like we had really moved in. Well, we had anticipated that coming in. Yes. And so we struggled financially for a month and a half and it was a huge burden on me. Like not to say now we're financially well off. Like we're still not financially well off. We just were we're, dirt but like yeah. no income right. for a whole month and a half right as we moved in yeah. thinking that we were gonna have income coming in. We're in a good place now. <laughs> we're but not. We are. we are not. Please please subscribe to our anchor. <laughs> we are not well off. But um for me, having that um that income not coming in and feeling like that's my fault because that's mm -hmm. the income that I should be providing. Yeah. It was a huge like just uh point of of I don't know, you I don't seemed say, very shameful. Like I was yeah, I was ashamed of myself. I was like yeah this is what I should be doing and I, there's nothing I can do. I just have to wait. And yeah. I felt, I felt like I wasn't doing my job. Right. You know? And then, so when you're in that dynamic, like you have to figure out, okay, we need to be comfortable talking about money and we need to not place any blame because the money we yeah. make is the money we make. It's nobody's fault. Yeah. Um, then you have to look at people's spending habits. Like, are you a super frugal person? Whereas like your partner will go and like shop all the time. Mm -hmm. Like then that's like something that you're going to need to figure out if you are sharing finances. Now, if that's fine with you, you know, mm -hmm. if that dynamic works for you, then, you know, but you have to have that conversation right. first in order to find that out. Yeah. And now a lot of couples, like, um, especially those who have moved in prior to getting engaged, they kind of just have their own separate finances. But yeah. when you start to share assets, mm -hmm. that starts to get a little more of a gray area and you do need to start talking about those things. Yeah. There are people that do like they have their own accounts and then when they move in, they just have a separate account for yeah. like 
house stuff. Yeah. You know? we, we, we've started doing that. We have like wedding stuff. We have Abby's tuition. Like we have No, but savings. I mean like the completely separate from one another, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but you and I, we, we, we do, we do pretty good. We, yeah, we, we have, have all, all separate stuff, but we, we discuss like, yeah, and we like exactly. share back and forth. Um, also like the concept of stability to me personally, it's, it's very subjective. Yeah. Like some people say like, oh, I don't want to ring on my finger until my man makes a six figure salary or like, you know, oh, I don't want to, um, get married or have kids or whatever until I am in a place financially here and here. That's fully valid. Um, but make sure that you have that conversation with your partner because until you are both in that place where you're like, okay, then you're not ready. Yeah. Like that has to be a conversation and then you have to define what does stability look like for you? Yeah. You know, and, and it's always going to fluctuate. Yeah. Look at what happened with COVID. There were tons of people who were completely stable mm-hmm. and then boom, jobless for a year and, and some change now. Yeah. And it's just, I mean like life happens and then it's like, I don't want to like grind and grind and grind waiting to be financially stable. And then something like COVID happened and then it's like, damn, I could have been married this whole time. You know what I mean? Um, but like understanding financial responsibility is like, you know, a really good conversation to have with your partner. Basically you guys have to be on the same page about money and you have to be able to talk about it openly without blame or shame. And we can do that now. Yeah. Like, but it took, it it took, took a while. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it was not even us. It was like what we brought to the relationship. And I I think once we got over our own Mm -hmm. self-expectation, that made it easier. Yeah. Because we were coming at it together and clashing because we were under the understanding that the other had expectations of us. Yeah. But it was really our expectations of ourselves that were, that was like hindering us from... Mm -hmm you know, having that conversation effectively. And I think I've, I've found that that is most of miscommunication Yeah, is you think that your partner has this expectation of you when really it's something you've put on yourself. Yeah. Because yeah, hard, hard thing that we've had to learn. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 I'm still learning. So another thing that you should probably have a discussion with your partner about is religion and spirituality. Um, stop smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, difference in personal beliefs is okay, but lifestyle differences are not going to work long term for most people. Right. I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for my experience mm-hmm. and my knowledge. But for me, I knew I was like, if I'm going to end up with somebody who wants to go to church every weekend and who wants to get married in one and who's like family, you know, says grace every night, I just, I, I can't be around that. I really, I have my own personal feelings about organized religion. Um, and I just, I really don't want to have a family in, in that situation. Lots of people feel differently and it's totally their prerogative to do so. I heard a story about, um, a man and a woman, uh, the man was a Jew and the woman was Catholic Mm -hmm. and, uh, they, try to convert one another ended up getting married and continued to try to convert one another for 50 years all while being just just absolutely in love that's and amazing. i think that's hilarious and that's, for some people that works yeah it, it's a it's a it's a point of like um banter uh-huh. versus actual like like 
hard angry discussion i think it also depends on like the severity of it in you you know like if it's like oh i grew up catholic that's different than like i'm a devoted catholic yeah like because then it's just like you know i i can see where it's like oh yeah you know like i feel that way about like okay like i'm an angels fan and your family is historically (laughs) a dodgers fan you know and so like i'll continue to try and convert your family to to angels for the rest of my life yeah with little success usually with you know free tickets (laughs) yeah your dad wore an angel hat he did and that was a big deal he's very supportive shout out to greg (laughs) um but yeah like i know (laughs) um but it's just i think that um it is extremely personal. It's just a conversation you have to have. Max yeah. was smiling and giggling at me because earlier in the day we were in the car and we had an argument. It was not, a, it was a discussion. It was a discussion that uh, made one of us very annoyed with the other. It's annoying because I don't understand how you can just be like, yeah, like I just, I, we don't have to get into it. Basically, <laughs> how do you feel about, about things? Because I mean, I've made m- my feelings clear about it. I basically like, I believe in the force. <laughs> I yeah. think I, I'm basically okay with being like, I don't know for sure. And that's mm-hmm. okay with me. I'm going to choose to just right. find out and, and be I, a bit good person in the meantime. And I agree. And I think m- what I believe is that two people can believe different things and still be okay. You know? Well, cause you like you, you do not, associate with like any like specific organized religion organized yeah. religion no, no. but you do call yourself a spiritual person yeah. and like if somebody was like hey do you believe in god you'd be like yeah 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 um i would be like but they're like he? do you want to go to catholic mass and i'm like uh, nah no nah, yeah. i'll pass on that one or i mean but you have like you kind of grew up in your teens you went to like church camp and you would yeah. go to church in the bible study and stuff and that's just like an, an atmosphere like i've never even wanted to be a part of yeah um for so many reasons um but that's not our pod um (laughs) but the whole point was that we were talking about like we we were talking about like science because our uh uh, because abby is like so obsessed with dinosaurs right now (laughs) she's like i'm not even kidding you she will not stop talking about dinosaurs like it's actually becoming a problem for me and she's doing the like (sighs) yeah the looking out the window she's having sad a main character moment how, yeah the main character moment about how the dinosaurs are extinct she and literally she's like, i just wish they weren't aaron aaron and i'm like what abby like abby says aaron so much that i forget my own name um like i i, I lose my identity aaron <laughs> and the person i am different people yeah um <laughs> so she looks out the window and she's like aaron i just wish um kind of maybe i really know most of kind of all of the dinosaurs actually <laughs> and i'm like what are you talking about she's like the quetzalcoatl dinosaur and the and the uh stegosculiosaurus and blah, blah blah and i'm like okay are these even real ma'am uh, so anyway we were talking about dinosaurs and we were talking about like you know creation or whatever and i was like the whole point i was like so you really believe that like some guy was just like a person and Max was like, yeah. And I was like, how? Like, and so we were having a discussion about it. And like, I told him how I feel about like just blind faith or whatever. Yeah. And I told him that it's hard for me to feel like somebody is trustworthy if they can just like blindly 
like have faith and that's mm-hmm. a very very personal thing that's like just for me not saying yeah. anybody's a bad person or whatever yeah i just have a hard time understanding that mindset right and so we had a discussion and i was getting frustrated because i felt like my point wasn't getting across and that was my whole point was that i feel like i can't talk about it it's just at the end of the day you're like oh well yeah <laughs> i just can't I mean, and i was giggling the whole time because i'm like you're getting really you know frustrated with this and i i understand you yeah i get you and i mean but, i also I, sometimes i think i just like to hear myself argue so, yeah <laughs> but know. that's like that's a that's a conversation that like i don't think a lot of couples could have had that conversation yeah and it go over well but because mm-hmm. we're so smart stop um, <laughs> no it's because we've had the conversation so many times the first yeah. time we had it it wasn't like it it was something where i was like wow like i mean i basically i think if it matters to you you ask like hey I like to go to church. I want to raise my kids in the church. That's just how I feel. Yeah. And some people are willing to compromise. Like I know people that weren't religious and they married a religious person and now their kids grow up in the church and sometimes they participate and sometimes they don't. It really is whatever works for you. If you are with a very passive person and they are just kind of like, yeah, I support you. I'm not going to do it. And then if you can be okay with their lack of participation, that's something that you can have as an individual. Like, like how Max explained it to me was like, this is how I individually feel. I don't need to impart it on anybody, including our kids. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what really gave me like some comfort because like, I was like, okay, cool. Like that was my biggest thing was I didn't want my kids preached at. I didn't want me to be preached at. I didn't want to, partake in like something that i feel i don't like being preached at oh yeah 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 so yeah not literally not hating on religion it's just a conversation you need to have with your partner yeah. that's it uh both pro and i guess anti or whatever different religions or spiritual <laughs> feelings i don't know i'm not trying to get like canceled or anything i'm serious Where, like <laughs> wherever you stand whatever you believe it is important to have that conversation with your partner and that's that so moving on <laughs> another one um which is similar but less like uh it, it's it's similar like it falls under it's the more umbrella concrete, but I think. it's it, yeah it's it's its own thing so as well. morals and expectations so this is like the person's outlook on life like their communication style and their love language yeah so we're not saying like you have to be on the same page about everything absolutely not you do not have to have the same love language you do not have to have the same communication style even you do not have to communicate in the same way to have successful communication you have to understand how the other person communicates and be able to meet halfway yeah you know like it's all about that like adapting but first you have to have that understanding and then if you are continuing to have like misunderstandings when you're communicating without like addressing how you communicate is going to take a long road to get there. Like it's just, and then if you're like, I've noticed this a lot, like a glass half empty person will attract, like be attracted to a glass half full person. Yeah. (laughs) Take a gander, take a wild guess as to who's the glass half empty. (sighs) It's me. Um, (laughs) But, um, like having this information on like who this person is, like, honestly, like it's going to allow you to decide whether or not you're compatible. One of the biggest fights me and Max had early on in our relationship was the discussion of whether or not, um, life is like black and white. So we mean like to say like, 
that there are moral gray areas. And I was very much advocating for like, he, he was like, yeah, it's a gray area, but then it's made of very black or white decision-making. And I was like, no, because you're taking out of consideration people in morally great situations. And so Mm -hmm. we had this giant conversation multiple times and I think we've both started to understand the other person's point of view a little bit better. And I think you've started to come around on the point of view a little bit. I, it's just at the point where I don't think about it all that much anymore. You know why? Because you know, I'm correct. (laughs) You're usually correct. on a lot. There you go. So I mean, and so if you feel like your partner is not on the same page as you, Sometimes you can just bother them until they change the page. (laughs) Don't do that. No, that's awful. Um, So another topic that I think is very, very, very important is to address any challenges or trauma that your partner is either facing or has faced in the past. Yeah. So these are things like what is your partner working on? Is your partner working through depression? Do they have Mm -hmm. manic episodes? Do they have anxiety? Um, What should you work on to be the best person you can be? So you need to address your trauma and challenges as well. Yeah. Like, are there things that you do that hurt them and vice versa, even if it's just on accident? We've noticed that about like 90% of the time that somebody is hurt in the relationship, the other person is not ever intending to hurt them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, oh, I didn't realize that this was hurting you. And then it needs to be communicated. And then once that, that like feeling is communicated, it's up to that partner to then react successfully. Yeah. And that's usually comes with like, if somebody's like, Hey, that made me really anxious right now. That partner needs to understand, okay, my partner has anxiety and I need to respond in these ways to help them feel more at ease. And I think that unfortunately, um, I think we were working so long on, you know, my depression and my, you know, anger issues and stuff that your needs um, and the stuff that you were struggling with kind of fell to the wayside. And, and we didn't really address how I should be responding to your anxieties and how you're feeling. And so yeah. um, it was something that neither of us really noticed until it got really bad. Yeah. And so I, I realized that once once we start addressing both of us, you know, and if I can learn to respond better to anxiety, then Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that I was struggling with as well would be alleviated. Yeah. Because we're communicating better. Yeah. And you're understanding that that it's not always your fault that I feel a certain way. It's rarely ever your fault (laughs) that I feel a certain way. Right. But I think it's important to, if if we're addressing challenges and trauma yeah to address both oh parties. 100% and it's like it's good to identify any kind of mental or physical illness or ailment or anything address them and create a game plan for when and how they need you to accommodate their needs this is not you excusing their behavior mm-hmm. this is you like helping them to work through or to manage this situation yeah and you know and basically it just you means communicating your needs you right know? sometimes you know when i'm feeling low all i need for you to do is hold my hand yeah you know and, and i will i will sit in silence i will think i will just kind of try to relax yeah and the only thing i need from you is to just hold my hand. Yeah. And know? and that was hard for me to come to terms with because I'm a person who very much wants to fix things, who yeah. very much is like, Ooh, me too. can I do something to help? But in that moment, it's like the thing that I can do is yeah. just be there for you. And once I communicated that to you, you knew that like that is 
the thing that you know your your fixer mentality oh yeah that was that was the thing oh if if i want to fix this i know he needs this yeah absolutely and like something that we want to just mention um first of all like if in any way there are signs of like severe abuse or like, you know, just you are feeling trapped, like obviously that is a sign that you need to get out. If you are being blamed or gaslighted for your like challenges or your traumas, that is absolutely not a like place you want to be. But we are making the assumption right now that you are listening, you are because you're considering engagement with this person yeah. and that <laughs> um, you are not in that position. Uh, And then, of course, 100%, if you are in that position, then there are so many resources to get help, get out of that situation. Nobody, absolutely nobody, doesn't matter your gender, your race, your sexuality, nobody deserves to be treated with abuse and to be gaslit and to be just like traumatized like that. Um, So, yeah, absolutely not. Also, like a healthy relationship does not mean the absence of trauma or issues. Everybody's got issues. Everybody has trauma. Everybody comes with baggage. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's your job as the partner, um, like to decide if you can handle that person's baggage. And then if you decide, then you just help unload it. Yeah. That's, it's kind of like your responsibility as a partner. Right. Just to understand. Yeah. Understand that you're signing up for that responsibility. Yeah. It's so not fair to your partner that you know this about them and then you don't accept it. Yeah. You know, you don't understand it or you're not willing to work with their, you know, needs um, to either overcome their trauma or to manage it. Um, And like, don't burden yourself with something you cannot handle because that at the end of the day, day, it's going to hurt the both of you. I saw something um, when I was a teenager, somebody posted something on Facebook um, and it was like, um, it was like, I can't stand insecure women oh. i don't i don't want any more of these broken hoes well that's an insecure statement if i've ever <laughs> yeah, heard well, one yeah well and so they're but what they're basically saying is i want somebody that has no issues like no trauma no nothing yeah. and i'm like you're going to be lonely for a very long time dude cuz that I'm like, like what are you not insecure about anything well, I mean, from if, the statement, it seems pretty. No, I, I guarantee everybody has a button. I look at that boy that posted that up and down. And I say, you have a small dick. Like, <laughs> there is no way that, that he's not going to take offense to it. No, right? I mean, just, just the fact but, that he posted it shows yeah, he's an insecure person. Exactly. But, like... Bye. But, and that's, like, that's what I'm saying. Is like, everybody, everybody has something that... Yeah you know, hurts them. That makes them feel less than makes yeah. them feel insecure. Everybody's I, got it. And, and it could be a, a wide range of different things, yeah. but everybody has something. I don't think that trauma or challenges, mental illness, even, I don't think those are red flags. I think that it's a red flag. If you cannot do what you need to do as a partner to mm-hmm. help them and to make them feel comfortable and like, you know, just create a space where they can work through that and manage it yeah seriously and we will talk about more after the break break (laughs) and we're back (laughs) um all right so the next thing that you should probably have a conversation with with your partner um figuring out space for individual likes and needs yeah, this is something that like 
I don't think we ever like set aside a moment to discuss. Like I don't think we ever really needed to though. Yeah. What's cool is that you and I have a lot of similar interests. Mm-hmm. Um but like even within those like there i think there's always just kind of been this understanding that's like oh that's like max's thing yeah and i think we both like really try to incorporate our interests like with the like we try to incorporate each other in our interests whenever possible um like you had me play D &D. yeah that was fun that was fun i did have a good time but i'm not trying to go over to game night every tuesday yeah exactly you and your friends um Mostly because we have a child and somebody needs to watch her. Mm -hmm. Um, And also because they have so many animals and I'm allergic. (laughs) Right. Also, while they're wonderful people, I just feel like they'll have a better time if only you are there. (laughs) So it's something that we shared momentarily Mm -hmm. together. And she got to see an aspect of my life that I really enjoy. And now that she's experienced that, Mm -hmm. um, I think... You, you kind of understand me better. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely get more of the references and uh-huh. like I will see memes and I know what it's about and then I'll send them <laughs> to you. And um, then my drag, my my drag name, um, my D&D character name is incredible. Yes. My D&D character is a bard uh, and it is a dragon queen. <laughs> it's uh, the first ever drag queen to exist in the universe. <laughs> um, and the my queen's name is Aida Lot. <laughs> and um, if I was ever killed in uh in the game, I would reincarnate with the exact same stats and be Anna diet (laughs) (laughs) and that was i i know that you were having like you were like i don't know i've never played this game i want to be good at this game yeah i like to be good at things i do (laughs) and but once she was like i i don't know what i want to be what i want to do can i be a drag queen i was like yeah you can totally be a drag queen she said really (laughs) and then she got totally into (laughs) it into the character creation it was fun. Um, but yeah, that's something that like she has experienced. She knows a little more about me. Mm-hmm. Um, she told me, she texted me while we were playing and she's like, oh my God, this is so attractive. You just, you know, <laughs> playing this game Being right now. Because you're the DM and yeah, you're like, I was, wow, I know what to do. And I was like, wow, Max knows what to do. How exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How out of the ordinary. No, I'm just kidding. But um, now that she's experienced that, she'd never have to experience it again if she doesn't want to. But... <laughs> You know, she understands that aspect of me. And then I have watched several shows that I never would have watched otherwise. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Drag Race, like... Miss Maisel. <gasps> Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. Oh. Stuff that I so never would good. have, like, fought to do. Uh, Queen's Gambit, even. Like, mm-hmm. you suggested that. You suggested Bridgerton. All of these are really good shows. Yeah. You know? And... um, The only one that I feel like you didn't hop on board with that... I still love deeply is Smash. Yeah, I wasn't a don't wasn't a don't Smash slander fan. Smash. Smash is my life. Do not I have <laughs> sung through the entire <laughs> repertoire. Don't do not come for Smash. I'm not I'm not coming for Smash. I'm, I'm telling you this like, is this should be on the list. Make sure that they don't come for Smash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've made way for individual likes and so when I'm 
away she listens to her podcast or she watches her show yeah or even like if we're just like cleaning or we're like not doing anything or whatever like it's like we don't have to spend every single second entertaining the other person yeah or like sharing in mutual things you know we can exist as individuals under the same household yeah um so like like we said you should make time for your own likes friends pastimes um and then accommodating your partner's needs does not mean erasing your own, right? Find a balance where both of you feel heard and understood. Yeah, because there was a while there where I wasn't letting myself have things mm-hmm. because, you know, I I I wasn't allowing myself to go to game night yeah. because I wanted to be home with you and hang out with you. Yeah, and then I kind of was like, why haven't you gone to game night? And I think it was like, I, I remember you like looking at me with this like, just look of astonishment like i can do that like yeah and i was like yeah like of course and like we've also had to have a conversation about like balance Mm -hmm. right because just like everybody like i don't understand video games at all i did not grow up playing video games it's just not my thing max is a complete opposite that was like a huge part of your childhood um and so like there are times when Max is like, you know what? I'm just going to play some video games. And like, I'm thankful you're not the kind of person that like goes online and like plays with your friends. Yeah. Like, I'm kind of glad that you're not like that. Cause I don't think that I understand it enough to like, yeah, I've never make been space about that. for it. Yeah. yeah. And I know your brother does that a lot. He like does the Twitch stuff and yeah, like, he's, he's a, He's a competitive player. I'm more of a casual kind of guy. Yeah. And I, I think that I don't I don't think I could really handle being in that like really like you see the memes or you see the like tropes where the girlfriend's like, babe, come hang out with me. And he's like, 10 more minutes. He's playing Call of Duty with his headphones and like yeah. he's like calling people noobs. And I'm just like, ah, I, I, I mean, to each his own. There's, there's a dynamic and like you do what you got to do. I don't think that I could be in that situation. Yeah. But hey, and so, but that's part of the conversation is you know trying to figure out what the balance is between you two. Right. We talked about like I mentioned the the you, the me, and the we. Mm-hmm. You know, finding out where the we is, and then allowing yourselves to be you and me. Yeah. You know, and having a balance between that. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it 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 really it's just like anything else. Like you balance your work life versus family life versus you know time for yourself. Yeah. And you need to just make sure that your needs and your interests and your likes and your friends and the life that you had before, while you now take on more responsibilities and you have another person in your life, um, that doesn't mean that your needs and likes should be diminished. You know, exactly. maybe some time needs to be redistributed, but that's about it. You yeah, know, and w- we had a conversation about percentages, like what percentage of your day are you dedicating to that? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so. There's moderation in everything yeah, as well. Absolutely. That's a big word in our house right now is moderation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another really big thing, this is like our last big concept, um, discussing past relationships. Yeah. Now, this feels like muddy water. Sometimes people are like, I just want to move forward, which I totally understand. Mm-hmm. But um, addressing past relationships is going to help you move forward not only for your partner to know like kind of what you've been through 
Um, but also for you, like figuring out what you've learned, Yeah, you know, allow yourself to be open about your experiences and like lessons that, that you've had to learn the hard way. And it will allow both of you to move forward with a common understanding, you know? I know when we, when we first started dating, um, I was very much like, I don't want to talk about my past relationships. Mm -hmm. I, I was still dealing with a lot of anger. Yeah. You know, um, I've had anger issues all my life and I've been only recently working on them, um, in an effective manner. Yeah. And, um, and so I had a lot of like backed up resentment and mm -hmm. stuff. And so I wanted to basically just like, like you said, I want to move on. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, but uh, I but think it's not part of my life anymore. I just want to forget it. Right. But I think what I know I had to communicate to you and what like, if your partner is in that situation, you might need to communicate to them is like, I understand that you're that way because you have all of the information and I do not. Yeah. And like, um, your ex-wife is very present in our lives because you know, of Abby. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to know the dynamic. I needed to know the history so that I could move forward with the same understanding as you, you know? Um, and so I was like, I'm not going to be in the dark about this. I need to know, like there were certain things that I just like, I wasn't going to back down from information wise, because I think once we started to have those conversations and you were able to provide me with that information now, not like dirty details or anything. Yeah, I don't no, need no. to know, like, you know, where you guys spent your vacations every week and unless like we start to go there too or something, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, what is an appropriate amount to reveal to your partner? Anything that honestly, anything that could get out anyway and potentially hurt the yeah. other person. Um, this is like really dumb. <laughs> you were very, very upfront with me about your situation. But like you said, like it took some time to kind of dig into like the meat of like kind of, how it affected you i think so yeah. i knew the like i knew the events but i didn't know how you reacted to them you yeah. know and i think that was a whole different layer but like one of the dumbest things ever is like i saw like i was like you know snooping on facebook trying to hurt my own feelings um as i often do and i saw that like you know how you can put up like life events yeah <laughs> um one of them was like you met your wife and like at the time your ex-wife yeah your wife at the time and it was like you know uh max met this person um and then like caption was like a day of laughs snacks and free hugs t-shirts yeah and i asked you what that was and you're like oh i was like wearing a free hugs t-shirt the day that i met her and i was like ridiculously devastated because the day I met you, you were wearing a free hugs t-shirt. Yeah. And I was like, burn that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That was such a petty thing. But after I, like that was something that like I th always thought was so cute, like this cute little anecdote in our like first meet story. And then once I knew that it was like also yeah, with that other person, I was like, okay, I can't like, I'm glad I know this now because now I can kind of just remove like myself from that you know what i mean to be fair back then i only owned six shirts <laughs> so i mean <laughs> bye um <laughs> so yeah like honestly finding out things later is always harder yeah like i feel like if you and i had been dating for a few months and then i found out you had a kid 
that would be oh, a yeah. whole no, lot yeah. harder. Like, and I understand that there's a certain amount of privacy getting to know somebody, but, um, you know, it's like, especially when you have that big baggage, like feelings are going to end up getting really hurt if you really click and you wait too long to have a discussion. Yeah. I was talking to my, my friend about that. Like he's dating somebody new and there were things that needed to be just like discussed before they can move forward in the relationship. And he was like really hesitant to have those discussions. And I was like, dude, you need to have them. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to end up hurting this person that you very much care about. It's very apparent that you care about this person. And so at the end of the day, how they're going to react is how they're going to react. But if you care about them, you need to give them this information because it is kind of something that could make or break your relationship. Yeah, exactly. And especially if you, if you know, that it's a big thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's the bigger it is, the more, the more challenging it's going to be to address yeah. it. Absolutely. And so, yeah, you want to shy away from that because it's hard and you don't want to do that. You don't want to do it because it's hard. Yeah. And those big things that are the difficult topics mm-hmm. have to be handled sooner. Yeah, absolutely. Also things will always come back to bite you in the ass if you aren't up front. Like, that's just a fact of life. If you lie at some point, I guess you'll say, I believe in karma. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, things are going to come out. And it might be after you die, but it'll come out. Um, So, yeah, just be up front. Honestly, like, clear communication, honesty, and, like, just cut honesty not only with your partner but with yourself about what you can handle yeah you know like it's some heavy stuff when you're merging your lives together like this is like we said this is no easy task and you have to know the person yeah like and the only way to know the person is to be able to see the road that brought them to who they are yeah absolutely right so at the end of the day even if you guys are already engaged if you are like committed to your partner it's really good to kind of revisit these things and be like okay like because if you haven't come into contact with these things yet you will when you get married um and it's a really important thing to sit down and have a conversation about and just like go through the dynamic that's why like you know lots of people like i think you should 100% live with someone before you get married. I know a lot of people don't feel that way. But for me personally, I never ever wanted to get married to someone without living with them first. I think you learn so much about a person when you share the same roof, when you share those finances, when you have certain responsibilities. Like, and I'm lucky that like, I not only got to live with somebody that like, you know, I was dating, but also like share the responsibilities of a kid with, because then I was like, okay, what does our parenting style look like? What is our parenting dynamic? Um, and while that is also always changing as well, that's always evolving and growing. Um, I just, yeah, if we had gotten married and then moved in and then like, I, 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 mm -mm. well, cause that's what happened with my previous marriage. I, we got married so that I could move in so that I can move off the base. You know, I know. And so, I've I've had it both ways and I can tell you that moving in with you prior to getting engaged has done so much for you know just just me learning about you learning about our dynamic it has helped us um to develop that strong relationship yeah and so since I've 
experienced both things. I would say <laughs> that moving in before marriage is a lot better. Yeah. Now, Just, some people don't yeah. want to do that for religious reasons yeah, or, and, you know, moral mm-hmm. reasons, whatever. Um, if that's the case, you do your girl. Uh, you've got a whole <laughs> other thing going on. Yeah. Um, so we have some questions, some semi rapid fire questions to ask uh, each other. And it's like kind of a list of questions to ask your significant other before deciding on marriage. Yeah. And then if you are already engaged, just questions to uh reassure you to solidify your decision that you want to commit to each other. Yeah. Um, especially if you don't live together because you'll probably these some of these topics will not have come up yet. Yeah. All right. First question. Where do you want to be in life? We're starting off vague. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I want to live a life that is um financially comfortable doing what I love and creating just a shelf full of stuff that I've made. I love that. Yeah. What about you? Where do you want to be in life? I want to be somewhere that I can experience all four seasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, um, I very much would like to be happy whilst uh, feeling like I am uh, contributing to the world in some way, mm. even if small. Yeah, That's it. I want to be happy and feel like I'm contributing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, next question. Do you want children? <laughs> Uh, yes, I do. Do you want children? <laughs> I could take it or leave it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I want children. Okay. What if we aren't able to conceive? This is actually a really important question. This is a very important question. Um, so without getting too personal, we, we will get personal here on the pod, but I just don't think it's the time and place. Um, it's a whole nother episode. Oh, 100%, which we will have. But, um, if we are not able to conceive, um, as you know, I am not opposed to raising children that are not biologically my own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, while the adoption process is hard, we have friends who mm-hmm. have gone through it mm-hmm. and who have been very successful. Um, and I know that, I mean, I would consider all options, all avenues, because I do know at the end of the day, I would like to have a family with you. While we have one now, I would like to grow it in some way, shape yeah, or form. I agree. What about you? Oh, yeah, you agree? No, fully, fully, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we've had this discussion before. We've talked about it, and so we have the same answer. Yeah. But if you're, you know, new to a relationship and you haven't had this conversation yet, it's a great question to I ask. will say something about it that, like, I'm sure that many, like, um, like uterus owners will say. Um, if we are not able to conceive, it is going to be very hard on me mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Um, because that's something that like our neighbor who is absolutely wonderful. Um, she is a helpful hats project. Uh, she is a sober mom, um, mm-hmm. go and donate to their Kickstarter. Seriously. So amazing. Um, but she was sharing her journey like through, um, the process and like, uh, her and her wife were trying to get pregnant and like, um, she knew she wanted to carry and they tried so, so many times. Um, mm-hmm. and it just what she was not able to carry and she like she said like as a as a, a woman like that's the thing you're supposed to be able to do and when I found out I couldn't do it like I didn't like a part of me was like okay yeah like who are you like what and it was just like something that hit me so hard and I was like wow I know I would feel the exact same way yeah so I will say that while I will want to 
like consider other avenues, I know it would take such an emotional mental toll on me. Yeah. And that's just something to prepare for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next question. <laughs> Parenting styles. How do you want to raise your kids? Um, I, I, I want them to be smart above all things. Yeah. yeah. Above all other things. I want to raise them to be smart individual people. Yeah. Um, I very much agree. Like independent thinkers. That's mm-hmm. part of why I don't want them growing up like in a church uh, right. or like any kind of like, you know, I don't want to impose preconceived decisions that I have made on them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also am very firm in the belief, and this is something I expressed to you early on when like we were dating i was like hey if we end up moving in together if i end up being a parent figure to abby i want her to be able to have the vocabulary and the understanding for some things that maybe kids won't have like traditionally speaking so like we use the medical terminology for body parts yeah because it's 85% less likely for children to be assaulted or, mm-hmm. um, you know, hurt, harassed if they have the medical definitions for those, uh, parts. Yeah. And, um, that was something that like, I just was like, we're going to speak very frankly about that. We're going to be very clear. It's not yeah. going to feel awkward. We are not going to oh. like, you know, sugarcoat it. I want, Above all else, I want my kids to be able to feel like they can communicate to me without feeling embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And so that was a huge thing for me that I was like, this is going to feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it's, and it's not, it's not uncomfortable. Like even, even in the beginning, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Um, But for some of other family members, when they caught on to that, it was weird for them for a moment. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, well that's. Another part of this, I and I think it's just like in general, I'm not raising my kids to be afraid of words or language oh, yeah, in general. Exactly. Like I don't really like watch what I say around my kids unless I think that like they're going to bring it. Like I'm never going to talk bad about somebody my kid likes yeah. in front of them. Like absolutely not. I would never yeah. like, you know, slander. Even if I was uh, having an issue, like if my mom was pissing me off, I would never turn to her and be like, grandma Jen is being so blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> first of all, I would never say that in general, but secondly, I would never yeah. say that in front of her, but just like language in general. Like I remember my mom turning around to me because we were listening to a song and it had a bad word in it. And she was like, Aaron, we are not afraid of words in this house. And I was like, okay. And yeah. then I knew I could say that word in the song. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's funny. Um, when we're out in public, and Abby's around, some people will like cuss in front of her and be like, oh man, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just cussed in front of her. And I always tell them, nah, she said worse. So. <laughs> she has. And it's usually just an accident. Like she doesn't realize that it's bad. And like, <laughs> I think that's funny. Like if she ever like got in trouble at school for like saying something, I'd be like, okay, like did she say it to someone or about mm-hmm. someone? Because if not, if she just like stubbed her toe and was like, shit, like I'm not going to yeah. be upset with her. And even even if so, even like if it's an argument and she calls somebody out, it's not going to be don't use that word. It's going to be, hey, don't be rude. Yeah, don't bully people. Yeah. yeah, you shouldn't be calling people like hate. You shouldn't use hate speech yeah. in general. It's not. It's, yeah, it wouldn't. The, the conversation's not going to be about the word. It's going to be about the attitude that we yeah. want to correct. 100%. You know? So we're not we're not worried about words. And that's something that you and I both were like, 
Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, we don't care. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, next question. What is your love language, both giving and receiving love? So I actually want to retake the mm-hmm. test. Okay. Because when I came into this relationship, I was like, uh, physical touch is my love language, both giving and receiving. It's how I know that I'm loved, mm-hmm. and it's how I choose to love others. But I think I've been focused so much on that because it was my dominant one that I have not even paid attention to like the other languages and what percentage of those, because it's not just one. And then you don't like, you don't feel all the others. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a percentage. Now I'm predominantly physical touch, but like maybe another one is giving or receiving gifts. Yeah. You know? And so I want to, I want to retake the test and kind of pay okay. attention to those. I what about you? I think it does change as you age yeah, and of, as you grow. Um, I am predominantly, uh, quality time. Yeah. Like that's how I receive love. Um, I think my least one is like probably words of affirmation or like, like, yeah. Uh, acts of service. I always feel really guilty about acts of service. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> um, I think that would probably be, yeah, my like least percentage because mm-hmm. I am like, oh wow. Thank you. Like when you do the dishes, I'm like, oh, thank you. Well, but and- Like if for those of you who don't know what love languages are, you need to kind of I I would say it's a requirement for anybody in a relationship to discover like there's there's a test of five love languages. Yeah. So the five love languages are physical touch, acts of service, uh, a service gifts, um, quality time and uh, words of of affirmation. Um, So then the way that I give uh love i've noticed it's predominantly with gifts mm-hmm. i've noticed that that's like that's how you show your love that's to people like yeah or and it, even like not just gifts but like um like if i know that somebody like likes something like i will even i think there's like a separate category for like sending videos and memes to people like <laughs> that i know no, i think that like. i think that falls under that yeah, you like know? just sending things that like I want you to have this because I, I was thinking about you. Like yeah. even like with our friends, I'll do that. Like I sent like our friend um, who is obsessed with the movie Hereditary. I sent them <laughs> a candle that's supposed to smell like the movie Hereditary. And I thought it was so <laughs> funny. And I just sent it to them and they were like, oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, I think that's like how I that's how I give my love. I've yeah. noticed. And it's and it's really good, even if it's just, you know, by yourself even if you're not in a relationship it's Mm -hmm. good to know your love language because yeah then you can then you can uh, well for example you can love yourself in that way yeah exactly spend quality time with yourself if you have quality time Mm -hmm. take yourself out on dates or buy yourself something if Mm -hmm. your love language is gifts or acts of service go get your nails done like because well my my um way of receiving love is physical touch and Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm very affectionate person i love hugs hugs are amazing and there are certain COVID was really hard on. Yeah, him. <laughs> it was awful. Um, Aaron received so many hugs. I did. Um, but there are other people who don't like to be touched. And so before, you know, before really knowing this about myself, mm-hmm. if I go to even just shake a hand or, or give a hug and they don't want that, mm-hmm. my natural brain was like, oh, they don't they don't want to be close to me. Like yeah. they don't they don't want to be friends with me. They don't like me. Right. Um, but yeah. knowing that about myself and knowing that that's just not how other people communicate love, um, it's a little easier for me to be like, oh, okay, they don't want to be touched. 
And yeah. I know that makes me feel a little bit, you know, sad because I love doing that. Mm-hmm. But I understand them. Yeah, and then once better. you recognize their love language, you can like identify, oh, that's how they show their love. Like yeah. Abby's love language is 100% words of affirmation. Yeah. She will give you compliments until you pass away. <laughs> she will literally compliment every single thing that she sees. She's such a visual observer. <laughs> like she just like she'll be like, I like your shirt. I like your pants. I love your hair. Oh my gosh. You look beautiful. <laughs> like she's just, she, Abby is the essence of the drunk girls in the bathroom. That is our child to the <laughs> T. She's just like in full compliments. It's so funny. And then it, it almost is a little excessive. I'm like, thank you, Abby. Go to bed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So another one is um, where do you want to live? And that is very like important. I have yeah. discovered because if you are two people who want to be together and you love each other, but one of you, you know, wants to live in you know, Arkansas and the other wants to live in Montana, you know, why this is the, the two. Yeah. We're not st- hating States, right. but why? Yeah. It's just really important. Like, especially if you met in a small town, if you like grew up there or whatever, are you somebody that wants to get away? Do you want to live in a certain, like, like I said, I want to live in a place that has all four seasons. Like, yeah. do you want to live in the mountains? Do you want to live at the beach? Do you want to like, just like live in a small suburb and raise a family? Like, those can be huge points mm-hmm. of contention if you're not on the same page with your partner. Well, yeah. I know someone who was totally willing to move to wherever for a job and their partner had lived in Riverside their entire life and never wanted to leave Riverside because mm-hmm. their family was there. Right? Yeah. And so it, it was a point of contention with them. Like um, this person was going to go to live in Texas for three months for a, a job. Yeah. And – their partner said, well, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to be married if that's what our life is going to be like. Oh, yeah. And so like that just was, you in separate places all yeah. the time. And so that was, you know, a huge discussion between them. Yeah. I know that you and your ex-wife at one point changed states because she didn't want to live in California anymore. Yeah. And I'm the kind of person that was like, I can live anywhere. I was in the Air Force. So, like, I lived in five different states. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not, like, I'm not just rooted here. Yeah. F- for any particular reason um it just so happens that i'm close to hollywood where i want to be working yeah and you were in the middle of school when that happened yeah exactly. so that was i think kind of the issue but yeah whatever um so to answer the question where do you want to live i um at the moment want to live in a bigger house <laughs> <laughs> no uh we are striving to move down uh more towards la um that's where max has job opportunities and Mm -hmm. i am applying for literally every teaching position uh (laughs) that has been posted on ed join um (laughs) and the ultimate goal for me personally is i have this dream of living uh in upstate new york um and is like an 45 minute train ride into the city and i like am a professor in manhattan yeah we live in upstate and so like that's just the dream of mine. Yeah. What about you? Well, like I said, being close to um, Hollywood at the moment, doing my, my, you know, working on what I want to work on. Yeah. Um, but also, there's a huge film scene in New York. Yeah. You know, and I'm the kind of person that I will live anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be totally fine living wherever because I like new places. Yeah. You know, 
Um, and I'm not rooted down. I, I moved a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I went to a, a total of 16 different schools before graduating high school. And so I've That's never, wild. yeah, I know. Well, I've never been the kind of person to be like, all right, we're moving. That's sad. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, it's a normal thing. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Do you like your in-laws? Uh, I love my, my in-laws. Um, <laughs> I have had like relationships where like, especially like when I was in high school, um, one of my girlfriends, like they hated me. And so, oh. yeah, like they just didn't like me. And so that obviously never would have worked because I wouldn't live with that. Mm-hmm. You know, what about you? Um, yes, I like my in-laws. <laughs> um, <laughs> like we were talking about with family dynamics, like you recognize the dynamic of the family. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got their own quirks. Everyone has their own, like, you know, I had never experienced the whole, oh, you're really going to sit me down and show me an album full of baby pictures. Oh, okay. Like, I know that was new to me, but that wasn't like <sighs> upsetting. <laughs> it was just like, oh, okay. Um, no, I very much like them. They're very supportive. Um, I could have gone without the naked baby pictures of me, <laughs> but whatever. Oh, shut up. Um, but yeah, no, to answer plainly, yes, I like my in-laws. Yeah. Uh, another question. So this question is a little more intimate. We will keep it broad mm-hmm. we will keep it less personal. But mom, if you want to skip like four or five minutes ahead, you're more than welcome <laughs> to. Uh, the next question is, what are your expectations and desires in the bedroom? This seems frivolous, but it is actually really important. Exactly. Because f- everybody's sex drive is different, you know? And the expectations mm-hmm. for what your you and your partner will participate in. Yes. All of those things. Some people, you know, want to be intimate every night, you know? Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, just don't think that it's practical and like, Hey, if we can do it, you know, an average of three times a week, like there's, everybody has different attitudes about it. Some people like some psychologists even have said that like, it's actually extremely healthy and beneficial for people to plan when they're going Mm -hmm. to be intimate during the week. And some people are like, no, we'll just, we'll do it when we feel, yeah, I want to be spontaneous. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean it that is your preference, you know. Some people and I we were talking about this before, some people prefer to be chased while others mm-hmm. prefer to do the chasing. Yeah. You know? And so if the same thing with like dominant and submissive. Yeah. Just and not even like to the extreme like, oh, I'm gonna like, you know, hit you with a whip or anything. Yeah. Just like the dynamic that happened like basically what we're saying is like you have to be honest about like mm-hmm. your sex life. If it doesn't work, if you're not on the same page it's Mm going to be a a point of contention and then unfortunately when there are issues in that regard a lot of people end up going and finding it somewhere else which is not okay um but that's what happens when you don't have this kind of conversation when you don't come to an understanding where both parties feel Mm -hmm. good about it yeah also like (laughs) this is just like make sure that you know like anything your partner is into yeah like sexually like those are like, discussions that should happen yeah and we'll have a whole episode about that so mom mm-hmm. you can just ignore that episode completely <laughs> but we are <laughs> done with that conversation so yeah. anyway <laughs> uh what is your definition of success so mine has changed um okay actually really recently 
because growing up, like my idea of success was just the typical, like you get married, you get a house with a white picket fence, Mm -hmm. you get a stable job, you have 2.5 kids and a dog, (laughs) you know, it's like that typical, you know, uh, American dream, American dream kind of, and that was my definition of success. And if I didn't have that, Mm -hmm. then I was not successful. Right. Um, and then very recently I've realized that, um, I don't really want that. Uh-huh. Like I want to be married. I want to have kids and I want to be financially stable. But for me, like the things that I want to pursue, it, it sounds funny. It doesn't pro it, it's not a practical job that is going to have a salary and it's going to create that financial stability. Right. I have to, go out seek the work do gigs you know Mm -hmm. and create and that's what i love i don't want to just work in a warehouse and like advocate for yourself and your talent exactly been a huge part of it yeah and so a lot of people would say that's not stable work and it is stable if you can find stable work you know yeah but i realized that i can't i can't measure my worth and my success based on that Uh because that's not exactly what i want so what I want, and this is this was really cool when I figured it out, and we were on the road <laughs> to Vegas. No, we were driving to the Grand Canyon. We were driving to the Grand Canyon, and I was bawling my eyes out when I made this, you know, revelation. I was like, "Do you want to pull over?" <laughs> and I was like, "No, I'm fine." <laughs> um, but I realized that my idea of success is, yeah, having a relationship, having kids, you know, um, you know having that financial stability doing what I love but also I will know you know that I'm I'm doing it when I have a shelf that I can put all of my projects on mm-hmm. like my completed projects yeah I have dvd cases of every film I've ever done yeah I have books that I've published on there you know mm-hmm. just a shelf of not not accolades, not like winning Oscars. That's right. not what I. That's not my goal. My goal is to just create and yeah. to have things done. Mm-hmm. And I started bawling because when I said that and I made that realization, Aaron says, "Well, you're already there," mm-hmm. because I do have that. I have. I've. I've made like I don't know dozens of films mm-hmm. now, um, and. And that's, I have a book published. And you have a book published. And and, th- and that's something I wanted to share. I didn't want just a, a shelf for me. I wanted a shelf for us yeah. and the things that we do. And so when she said that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm here. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've worked so hard to get to a point where I feel, you know, worthy of something. Mm-hmm. And so that is my definition of success. And that is extremely important to yeah. talk to your partner about. Yeah, that's huge. What about you? What is your definition of success? Um, So uh, lately in therapy, um, <laughs> we have discovered that I do not have a definition of success because I, for some reason, think I am never going to achieve success. Basically, like apparently, like my definition of success keeps moving as i Mm -hmm. am achieving things and so that's something we're working on yeah um (laughs) so next question (laughs) why do you want to get married why do i want to get married Mm -hmm. because 
one, I'm in love with you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. But that doesn't mean that we have to get married for that. You know, that a lot of people, you know, have long lasting, loving relationships Mm -hmm. that produce children where marriage is not, you know, a thing. Yeah. Um, to, to, to be married is to just, for me, I like the idea of being linked to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. Just being like, hey, this is this is my person. Yeah. You know? I, I think for me, I mean, there are so many benefits to being married, but at the same time, there are so many hardships, mm-hmm. right? There's so many benefits maybe financially or like within the system-wise or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, if it's not working or whatever, it's really hard to untangle. Yeah. Um, and then there are other like, you know, just emotional things that happen as well so i think like the reason that i want to be married is i think for me it's like that last like that last like agreement between the two of us that's like okay cool you and i are committed to each other like we're gonna work on that you know we're gonna continue to work to building us yeah absolutely and like i think there's just like there's something about that like i mean you and i have both grown up with stable um like parental like parental units like both of our parents have stayed together Mm -hmm. um and so something about that it's like i want to continue that i want to stay and commit and i think that that's the biggest thing is like when you're married to me i know that you will commit to me and and i have so many trust issues and stuff that i knew like when we started to talk about marriage and stuff, for me, it was like truly security knowing that like at the end of the day, this is the person that I can come home to. And I know that they're going to have my best interests in mind and that they're going to help me, you know, through life. Yeah. And I don't think you need to be legally married for that to happen. But for me, it was like, okay, yeah, that's like the last little, that's the last little notch for me to feel like truly committed. Yeah. I wanted a partner. Yeah. You know, also, you know, the tax benefits are substantial. Well, and that's, that's <laughs> because when I got married the first time, it was for logistical reasons, Yeah, you know, and a lot of people do and don't realize that, you know, they may not realize that that's the only reason they're getting married. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will do that. And that's why divorce rates are so high is because people are getting married for the wrong reasons. Right. And, and that sounds you know. very harsh because you have a child with that person yeah however something that i think needs to be made clear is like that may have been the case and that doesn't mean that abby is not loved just because the environment in which she was like created in or whatever did not start from like a true place or whatever obviously you guys are not together anymore so it didn't work yeah exactly um but when like that kind of stuff is said it's not any kind of commentary on like the amount that Abby is loved or the amount that Abby is wanted to be in this world. Yeah, exactly. It's literally just like, Hey, these were the reasons that's unfortunate. Yeah. It didn't work out because of that. She's like, loved and wanted by all four of her parents. Yeah. So, I mean, 100%. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, <laughs> next question. How do you relax slash vacation? Oh, I, you and I, take vacations we go explore places that is what i find most relaxing is just being able to step away from our our daily you know thoughts mm-hmm. and responsibilities about home life 
and to go out and explore something new and just kind of bask in it. Yeah. I think I am an like experiencer. Like if I'm going somewhere, I want to experience it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to like try the new foods. I want to go to the sites. I want to like do the lame touristy things because I can't just sit around and Even be like, if they're mm. terrible. Yes. Even if they're terrible, it's like, I want to experience what there is to experience here. And I know that there are people who vacation differently where it's like, they just want to sit mm-hmm. and relax and veg. My parents are like that. Mm-hmm. We literally went for Hawaii, went to Hawaii for a whole week. Um, and my, <laughs> my siblings and I were dying because they, all they wanted to do was just sit by the beach. And we were like, we want to go here. We want to go there. We want to experience this and this and that. And they're like, that's so lame. <laughs> and um, they're like, oh, Aaron, you would really, you really want to go to a museum right now? I'm like, yes, I want to go to a museum. Yeah. I like museums. Why like, not? I guess I want to go take pictures with that statue. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a very cool statue. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. how I vacation. I mean, and even if the things that we experience, we don't end up liking, mm-hmm. hey, we've experienced them. Mm-hmm. I tried shawarma recently. Yeah. I found out. I'm not a big fan of shawarma, <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad I tried it because now I know. Yeah. I don't like shawarma. <laughs> also, I am very much an itinerary creator. Oh, my God. That is me as a person. I love a list. I uh, love an itinerary. So, yeah. I don't know if I could handle vacationing with somebody who just, like, couldn't stand that. You know, yeah. who didn't want. I don't, like, plan it down to the minute or anything. I really don't. I know that it Ugh. sounds like I do, but I don't. Um, seeing your 30 page itinerary makes my heart go thump thump. <laughs> I you made know. a 30 page itinerary for five day road trip. I had never been on a vacation by myself before. Okay. <laughs> anyway. It was wonderful. Um, so next question, what is your ideal division of labor? Um, I think it's, I think it's flexible. Like I don't, uh-huh. I don't think any one person has to do any one thing. No, I, so I have a thing about the dishes. You do. I want to do the dishes mm-hmm. because, and this comes from just a a a, a place. <laughs> um, I don't trust anybody to do dishes correctly. I know. I think the only two people in the world that I think can wash dishes and get them clean are me and my father. That's so annoying. <laughs> I, I know, and I'm you. sorry, but and I it's support not a, you because that yeah. means I don't have to do <laughs> dishes. Yeah, and it's not a reflection on you. It's just it's just a mental thing for me i want to do dishes because i know that they will get done yeah right no bye um yeah (laughs) and then like i've noticed too like there is so much more to labor than just chores yeah like there's such an emotional labor like there's such an emotional load um especially when you have kids like i handle a good majority of the things when it comes to abby like, yeah, like you drive her around because I hate driving, but like I will like I answered literally every question she has. <laughs> like there is not a moment when she's not speaking to me. Yeah. And that is like just that takes up so much of my mental energy. And then like I get her ready for bed. I give her the showers. I do like help her with like her laundry. Like I will put them away. I will handle her clothes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, And so then it's like. I will be like, hey, I'm going to give Abby a shower. Like, can you just do the dishes or whatever? Also, we like, I mean, handle like our own laundry and everything. However, I am not allowed to move the clothes from the washer into the dryer. Because the last time she did, uh, she like just ripped her hip out of place. Yeah. 
and I never want that to happen again. That was really horrible. (laughs) I was literally like immobile for a week. I I had to like walk you to the couch from there because you were stuck. I was like, I, I, yeah, I have serious, like really bad hip problems, but anyway. Yeah. Okay. Next question is like kind of a hypothetical one. So whose career would take precedence if, um, there was like an issue. Mm -hmm. So like if there was a need to either relocate or Mm -hmm. whatever, whose career would take precedence? Uh, well for you and me, um, in regards to you teaching and me doing films, I can do films anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not a problem. I can write anywhere. I can, you know, uh, I can film just by myself. Yeah. You know, so if you have a teaching position that is very well paying, mm-hmm. um, I can get a part-time job doing anything. I don't care. Yeah. Um, your, your work takes precedence. I will say I am also flexible, though, because even though technically I have a California teaching credential, mm-hmm. it's very easy to, like just get the other one like once you have it and i have a master's too so it's like it it works out um so if you had a huge opportunity like if you were like you know filming on location for like a year like i would 100 percent want to go with you and so like i think that that's cool also i came up with a loophole where like what if because like if you are on location you get to like set your own budget right yeah um and so if you were like hey i have these two kids and they need a teacher because you if you have kids in your movie they have to have a teacher mm-hmm. on set, yeah. um, like by equity rules. Um, and then what if I was that teacher? <laughs> I would just hire you to teach. Right. The kids. And it would yeah. be our kids. Like yeah. it's brilliant. Well, it would also Loophole. be the kids of any of the crew yes. and, and cast. So it would be so much fun. We would take field trips to set. It would be great. There's a whole thing about that too, about kids on set. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so last question, thoughts on marriage counseling or relationship counseling in general, mm-hmm. honestly, like therapy in general. Yeah. Um, I would say, Everyone on the planet mm-hmm. should be open to therapy yes. and marriage counseling. Everybody. I if agree. they if they want to have a successful personhood, mm-hmm. if they want to have a successful relationship, yeah. they they need to be okay with accepting professional help 100%. in areas that because there's not gonna be any point in time where Every area, you've got it covered. Yeah, literally there, everybody could benefit yeah, from it. Exactly. Especially when you're in a relationship. Max and I have been to relationship counseling, not because we had any like specific issues, but because we were like, we want to learn how to communicate better. Yeah. We want to be able to like work on our individually. We're both in individual therapy. That doesn't mean anything is wrong. Just means yeah. there are things that we're like, okay, let's get more tools, right? Yeah. Um. You go to the doctor, you go to the dentist, like you have checkups, you have check-ins. Yeah. Your mentality, your like, you know, emotional state, all of those need check-ins as well. Yeah. Mental Therapy health is, is mental health is just as important as physical health. Yeah. We and are I've, I've always said that. Very pro therapy yeah, this exactly. pod. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so those are some of the questions. I will post them in the episode description as well because I think that they're fun. Um, so yeah, ask them with your partner, just like have fun, low Q and a, um, okay. Quick little thing before we get into our hitch or ditch. Yeah. Uh, let's, I think that at the end of the day, your partner should be able to pretty quickly name three things that they love about you, uh, that remind you, uh, why you want to get married. Yeah. So name three things that you love about me, Maxwell. Go. 
One, I love the way you fall asleep on me and snore, and for 20 minutes I don't move and I just hold you. I love that. Two, I love that you enjoy my cooking and the way your face lights up when I give you food uh, that I have made. It's wonderful. And three, I love exploring new places, and I never want to go somewhere if you are not with me. Wait, stop. Stop. Wait, I'm going to pull up mine. Are you are you ready for this? Yeah. One, I love that you are my always and forever explorer buddy. Aww. <laughs> Number two, I love when you cook for me. <laughs> and number three, I love that we fit and that I can always fall asleep on you. Are you I am fucking not kidding, kidding you. I am not kidding you. Those are my three. <laughs> Those are <laughs> the greatest three things about our relationship. Food, rest, and Wait, exploration. No, but I had one like that was just above everything else that okay, I just okay, have okay, to okay, say. Okay. I... No matter what, knew that you were the one because you think I'm funny. <laughs> yeah, of course. I said like to when I got out of like a pretty bad relationship, I was like, I more than anything in the world, more than looks, more than brains, more than their humor. At the end of the day, they need to think I'm funny. They don't need to be funny. They need to think I need an audience is what I need. And the day I met you, I was making jokes left and right because my flirting is just observational humor. Mm -hmm. And you turned to me and you were like, I think that you are the funniest person I've ever met. And in that moment, I was like, we're married. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That no, that's it. pretty important. Too. And so every time that you laugh at one of my jokes, it solidifies that I know that I'm marrying the right person. <sighs> Oh, I laugh a lot because you are very funny. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for our hitch or ditch segment. We each find a wedding trend, tradition, or expectation that we're either going to do when we get hitched or would like to do when we get hitched, or we're going to totally ditch. Bye. Okay. So what's your hitch or ditch? All right. So I brought a hitch to you <gasps> today. Oh. I know. Out of character. I love, 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 love the idea of a brunch wedding. I like it. I fully support it. There is absolutely no reason that you have to have your wedding at 4.30. Yeah. Who says? <laughs> a brunch wedding. So cool. I feel like it, I, I almost wish that we had like decided to do this instead. Mm -hmm. Because here's the concept. Ceremony is at like what? 10 a.m., 11 a.m., whatever. You eat brunch. You have breakfast food. You have lunch food. You have all the food. You get. I mean, it's usually very colorful. It's in. It's like at the middle of the day, so it's very like nice. Um, then uh, you have the entire like afternoon to do all of your dancing, all of your events, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then when it's the evening, you can have your after party. You can have your. You can go to a second location. You can change. You can do whatever you want, and you can party into the night. And it is not like absolutely abhorrently early in the morning if you're mm -hmm. gonna have an after party. Like I just think having a brunch wedding leans itself to a more elaborate and like uh, extensive experience. And I absolutely love the idea of it. I love that. Have a brunch wedding. I think it is so, so cool. That's wonderful. Anyway, what's yours? So I brought a ditch. Okay. This Jan. time. Um, I want to ditch smashing cake into each other's faces. I support it. I fucking hate it. I don't want to be there at a wedding and see it happen. It's not going to happen at our wedding. No. Uh, I just don't. 
I, at the most, I will boop you with some frosting on the nose. That is it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's fucking annoying. It's old hat. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, I'm like that meme. Nobody there, likes no, it. No, nobody likes it. It's like you, you're doing it because you feel like you have to do it. No. Yeah. And then it's like, look at that person. They look so good. And, and you're going to ruin it. another half of the night to go. Uh-huh. And you're going to put frosting in their hair. In their eyeball. I. Mm. Yeah. No. no, thank you. Yeah, Let's bye. ditch the shit out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't assault me on our wedding day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you enjoyed our pod, give us five stars. We appreciate it. If you didn't, just go ahead and turn us off <laughs> um, and share with your friends. Check us out on social media at Something Blue Podcast. Also, send us an email with any questions, ideas for topics, and crazy, chaotic planning stories and wedding drama to be featured in our Wedding Nightmares segment at somethingbluepodcast (laughs) at gmail.com. Again, that is somethingbluepodcast at gmail.com. Again, I'm not very good at social media, and I said I was going to do better, and then I just didn't. (laughs) And you know what? Like, tell me, like, we were really talking about, like, starting to do like what vidcasts and like posting clips to tiktok and stuff tell yeah. me if you would be interested in that because max and i will do like extra bonus stuff or whatever on tiktok we'll answer q a's whatever yeah. and then if you're interested in it i'll actually do it but if it's just <laughs> me talking into the void no thank you yeah. uh but yeah thank you for listening to something blue wedding planning with a 21st century bride and groom i'm the bride and i'm the groom with 511 days to go, happy planning. I like when you cook for me. Let's go get some dessert. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I know, I'm hungry. <laughs>